everybody, and welcome to the Future Rich Podcast. My name is Peter. And my name is Serge. We're your hosts, and this is the podcast where we discuss emerging technology, human behavior, and what this means for the future. Thank you for taking your time today to listen in today, everybody. Yeah, thank you very much. It has been this episode eight now. Yep. We kind of are over the podcasting hump, so they say. <laughs> and... Once again, thanks everybody for listening in. This is just an awesome journey, and the fact that you're taking time of your day to listen in is really greatly appreciated, especially you long-time listeners, and for your first-time listeners, uh, stick around. Agreed. This is an episode where it is going to be different, at least the format of everything. Yes. And to start off with, to kind of prep things for today's talk, I'm going to start with a story or a little bit of background information uh, that hopefully can challenge you in a way. So, Serge. Yeah. My father was born in 1950 with something called spina bifida. Are you familiar with that at all? I'm not, no. Okay. So spina bifida is the situation where I mean, it's different on some people, on, on people, but basically you're born with a sac on your back that contains nerves and kind of some oh, wow. nerval fluid. Wow. Because the spine isn't quite right. It's like a, it's mm-hmm. connected to the spine. Um, my father had that in 1950. And I keep thinking back, I can't imagine, I mean, knowing what, knowing how blessed we are today with right <laughs> medical <laughs> technology, right? What yeah. that would have been like back then. And... And that has affected who he is completely. He spent most of his childhood, actually most of his childhood, but he spent a lot of his childhood going to places to... To get it checked out and stuff. To get it checked out, surgeries. His foot size is about the size of my wife's. Oh, wow. Okay. So um, that, that affected, I think, kind of the growth of his legs a little bit. And so they told him by age, they told his parents, by age 21, your son's not going to be walking. Now, I'm very grateful to say that at age 17, when I first really understood that spina bifida could do that, mm-hmm. I was shocked because my dad had always been walking. Hmm. He never ran. I never, ever saw him run until right. this day. Never have, but he's still walking today. But I say that because think about your your family. Think about your friends. Is there some sort of genetic condition or is there a level of, I would say, something, I don't know, something genetically caused, potentially, where either, I mean, I guess, let's get it real, like something like potentially like um, a Down syndrome or a spina bifida, which is somewhat genetic, uh, or even just the common breast cancer that seems to run in family. That's mm-hmm. something you, you get yeah. asked for. What's your yeah. medical history? The question I would have even for my dad is, if you could go back in time to 1950 and you had the ability to change that, would you do that? Right. <laughs> and think about some of your friends and family. If you had the ability to go back in time and change, especially some of these lifelong conditions go back and change that would they do that i mean 
my dad is kind of a stubborn man and I'm kind of mm-hmm. thinking to myself that's partly because of what he grew up with. He had to figure things out on his own. Yeah, and tough it out. Tough it out, right? Yeah. Uh, and I think that's kind of helped him actually. So to change that in a sense is almost changing who that person is to a certain extent. I agree with that. Right? Yeah. Does that I think sense? people will use the the disability or the, the genetic, you know, um, I guess thing that they're suffering with and it, it really builds on their character. It really builds on who they really are. Right. And so, yeah, it's I totally, big part I totally of agree who with they that. Are, right. Yep. Um, so, but the question is, is everybody, if you go back in time and you could change it, would you do that? Or what if you could now moving forward, even today, um, imagine a way that somebody who's maybe had this condition all their life, you can go in and actually start to manipulate and change that. Or imagine a way to cure AIDS. It's exciting to think about. Right. And then at the same time, what we're talking about as far as like genetic manipulation, almost a customization of things, um, there's also the side of this of where imagine a sense if this is one thing I think that Hitler really wanted to do back in that World War II to create kind of this Aryan Aryan yeah. race, right? Yep. Make that a predisposition almost. Yeah, where everyone looks the same really it's, and right. they got the same traits and hair color and eye color and all that. Yeah, right, absolutely. So, well, everyone, that science or that development is, is kind of here. Yeah. Yes. And uh, maybe it's just been hiding underneath the surface of things, I think, a little bit. Uh, Probably because it's a little confusing. But we're here today to talk about something called CRISPR. And what maybe this is currently in the past and maybe what it means for the future here. Yeah. So, Serge, what is CRISPR? Well... Before I even go there, Peter, as I started looking and researching into this, it's like, it's a rabbit hole, man. Boy. (laughs) And I'm just like, whoa. You know, everything that I've been reading about it, all the, all the breakthroughs and stuff is happening so rapidly that it's, it's in a way, it's hard to get to catch up and to keep up with all the things that we're seeing. So, um, I decided to go back a little bit and kind of get some background and set, or set the context a little bit about what CRISPR is. And if you go back to episode seven, that was actually my future breakdown um, in that episode where we talked about AI plus CRISPR. So I think we're going to be able to dig in a little bit deeper That's here. That's true, yeah. yeah. Yep. So CRISPR, it's a it's an acronym, and it uh, it's, stands for Clustered Regularly Interspersed Short Palindromic Repeats. So again, think, thankfully it's called Clister... CRISPR rather than rather than that. And I found a really good article or place, I guess, where I could find some a good definition of how this whole technology works. And really let's unpack that a little bit. Right. And kind of go into then applications, because that's really the that's where really we're gonna see some some challenges, I think. And we're gonna see some interesting developments as well. Yeah. Well, this is a cross section of technology and science. Yeah. Just yeah. Anyways. Yeah. So CRISPR, um, the technical is it's a Chris. It's called CRISPR Cas9, Cas C A S9, 
And really, it's a genome editing tool that um, is faster, cheaper, and even more accurate than any previous uh, DNA editing techniques that we've used in the past. So think about like, you know, changing or editing um, food, you know, human, uh, the food, like, you know, making a potato taste sweeter or, you know, all kinds of, all kinds of the different things that we've done to, to food. Right. Um, so CRISPR is, is that technology that, that lets you do that. And basically how it, how it works is there's two molecules that introduce a change into the DNA. So um, part of it is, is an enzyme. And how I don't know how good you were with biology, Peter. I wasn't that great, so I had to look up some of these um, some of these terms. And um, but the enzyme is the Cas9, so that's that's what the enzyme and it okay. basically acts as a as a molecular scissors that can cut two strands of DNA at a specific location in the gene. So um, and then the other piece is the RNA, which yep. is the you know we we talked about the transport, the guide RNA, and so. Essentially, how this works is um, the guide RNA will go out there and find this specific sequence of, you know, letters. Remember, it was like the A, T, G, and I think there was one more. A U? I don't know. <laughs> this well, is terrible, but I well, don't know. It's, it's a guide RNA that goes out and yeah. finds that DNA section. Yeah, so basically it finds that specific section that you're targeting. The Cas9 system binds to it. And then snip, snip, cuts out the, let's say it's a, um, let's say it's some kind of a disease or some kind of virus, cuts that out of the DNA and then leaves and your DNA will see, okay, there's, there's something missing here. So we need to reproduce it. So it'll go back into that section where, where it was cut out and it'll create or redo what was what was there in the first place and, and hopefully fix it correctly now right and just 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 to make everybody aware this isn't just from like uh i'm going to say the word inception i don't know if that's quite right the word, but this is this is altering existing living yeah existing living organisms right living organisms so like in theory the the guide rna will only bind to the target s sequence um and no other regions of the of the genome so you're going to say i want to go go out and find the cancer cell and the cancer not specifically not even the cell but specifically the genome of the cancer well this crispr cas9 system can really go in there target that cut it out and then your dna will repair itself with the correct you know with the correct sequence not having the cancer cell in there so that's that's in a nutshell what crispr is it's it's a it's a crazy technology that that you can think of um you know think of this as an, an injection that you could potentially get you go to the doctors and you'll get a you know a flu shot for example well you could go to the doctor one day in the future. I think we'll talk about this a little bit more. Get an injection for breast cancer. The CRISPR system will find the breast cancer genes, cut them out, and your system and your body will automatically fix all that details 
and really make it make it where it corrects itself and there's no no additional level of um you know therapies and no chemo none of that kind of stuff going on so like this is really we editing at the source code and if and source code is really it's a technical term that we use for a lot of like you know programs or games like, like that like the the stuff if you do if you go in your web browser and you do a right click you'll see an option to view source yes that, that looks at the source code of the web page the code that makes up that web page yeah so crispr will basically edit the source code of your dna dna yeah <laughs> so um it's it's a it's a like I said it's a rabbit trail. Once I started digging into this a little oh bit, I know because you can just start jumping, 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 jumping. Yeah. So um, the interesting thing is this was developed by. Well, let me back up a little bit. We're trying to figure out who owns the patent to this technology. Okay. So we've recently started oral arguments um, as of November of 2016 for who really came up with this system and who owns the patent rights. Yeah. Um, and there's really two people that are, that are involved in this. It's Berkeley's Jennifer Dudna yep. and MIT's Fang Zhang. I hope I'm pronouncing their names correctly, but um, they're basically presenting their case to the um, Supreme court or excuse me, to the patent and trademark office and uh, trying to make the statement of who really, who really owns the, the CRISPR Cas9 system. Um, I think what happened was just judging through some of the stuff that I've read here is, uh, Jennifer Dudna claimed basically that her work, her work was the, was the, uh, intellectual layout of CRISPR. Okay. So okay. like the concept essentially, yep. but MIT's uh, Zhang, he took it a step further and showed that it was possible to also edit DNA in human cells. And so this is where we're going to have, it's going to be an interesting battle on who really owns the the property marks for this, this amazing technology. <laughs> so, yeah, so we'll, we'll kind of, we'll kind of keep an eye on that. I think it's, it's going to be an important, um, it's going to be an important decision that gets made and, and hopefully we'll be able to um, not lock this thing down in a sense that it's going to be, you have to go through one person, but this can be a, a useful tool that a lot of, you know, a lot of different uh, hospitals and different companies can, can use to start going in and, and, and uh, doing research on it. And, yes. Oh. To, to give everybody an idea of what so far this has allowed, um, given that this is a patent, I don't know exactly what that will look like, but the just to back up even a little bit further and talk just about mapping the hum, human genome. So yeah. in order to find out what is the issue, right, or what DNA to cut, you kind of have to map the human genome. So I remember this. I don't know if you do search, but back in 2001, my science teacher was like just thrilled because we had first, the first human genome had been mapped. Yeah. Yeah. I remember I that. I think it was like 20,000 some genes we found out. Yep. Um, to give everybody an idea, that took a hundred million dollars for that one 
genome, and we had one genome mapped at that point in time. As of right now, the human genome, based on the guy that talked about that, he says it's about it's about a thousand dollars. Wow. Which is which I did the math and if I am wrong in this, I apologize, but what I did is that's that's a ninety nine point nine percent decrease in cost. Uh yeah. And uh that that makes things um extremely more because take that into put that in perception. Imagine if we had the human genome and it cost him a hundred million dollars and then CRISPR came along. Well, cool and exciting, but right. but but that's that's still um, a very high cost, and and then you can finally like figure out what's wrong with you or what genes to maybe look at and stuff like that. Yeah. Now imagine we have this, we have the blueprint of our body, and now CRISPR can come into into uh, its being. And just to put things in perspective, there's a company called the Odin. Uh, the Odin. The Odin. Uh, where they have created a do-it-yourself bacterial gene editing CRISPR kit. Holy moly. Wow. And the surge sees the price here. Just <laughs> to give everybody an idea, this is $150. <sighs> That's crazy. Now, this doesn't mean you're going to go and start editing your genes or anything like that. <coughs> but what they are, ex- what what this company is excited about is the the fact that if you start putting this into the hands of people who quite honestly didn't even know how any of this really worked or still struggled even with the DNA and the RNA stuff right he's like this guy said he was this guy literally went from hardly knowing anything with just an just a little bit of interest to actually manipulating and growing like things uh, within the matter of like three months you know or six months and so um we just got what they were with this company and some other companies are really excited about is if we can get this in the hands of people to be able to do tests and almost say quote-unquote amateur tests yeah uh we start to build the data rather quickly though it starts jumping yeah jumping quickly i mean everything we talked about with machine learning and ai in the past two episodes imagine now machine learning to be able to go in and not only did that machine learning help to reduce the cost of the human genome mm-hmm. issue, but now imagine with all the data that could come from this to understand uh, what we can do with CRISPR. Yeah. Uh, One thing I wanted to mention here is that yeah. we have companies like 23andMe. Have you heard of that, Peter? I'm not. No. Okay. So this is also kind of in the same lines. It's really not CRISPR specific, but basically you can pay this company 200 bucks, or their lowest tier is even $100, and they'll send you a kit... Um, where you do your own DNA testing. And so you can find out things like, um, are you a carrier? So do you have certain inherited traits of like, let's say blue eyes? Um, what's your ancestry? What's your ancestry? Um, how about your, how about your wellness? And then even like, who are your DNA relatives? So this is um, this is kind of wild that you can you can get this stuff at home and do it at the privacy of your home now for 200 bucks. That's, you know, I think we're going to see a lot more of these kind of companies and startups um, and now take CRISPR in, into the, add CRISPR to the, into the picture, then we're going to start seeing a lot of, a lot of these tests going on and, and really knowing 
that much more about each other and specifically our our DNAs and 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 different things that we're exposed to, I guess. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> which which is the situation where for those of you listening for the first time and, and like hearing the fact about what CRISPR can do and um and I will just tell you in the previous episode, we were like really excited because this AI was battling um, this poker game, right? Did you know that it won? Huh? It won. It won. Yeah. Well, he was crushing everybody before. Yeah. So it won everybody. I'll uh, update in the last episode. So I'm doing this research and I look it up, and in the past, I don't know, 12 hours, some big articles have started to come out that CRISPR has now allowed us to create tuberculosis resistant cows. <laughs> wow. And um yeah, it's and even that Jennifer uh, Duna? Yeah, Duna, yep. Yeah. There's a lot of videos of her talking about it cuz obviously she's kind of the gal that yeah, was uh, kind of started it and at least for sure in her mind. Um she even said she was amazed at how easy it was. To, for people to start um, trying things. And yeah. she even said, I want, and back in just uh, November 2015, um, at least that's when the TED Talk was published. It's probably earlier than that, a little bit. But mm-hmm. she was saying, we need to do a global halt a little bit before we start doing clinical trials of this stuff. Yeah. And, and I, but by, by a halt, what you're still saying is it is inevitable that we do we start doing this so i love the fact that you brought up the like look at your look at your ancestry right yeah who you are yeah, right yep this, this is a way to almost remove remove that yeah well um kind of right if there's been an issue in your past by nature and you say we're going to like prevent that from coming or like yeah. we're going to start addressing yeah. that now. Like all my, all my, you know, let's just say for example, like all my um, mom's side of the family has um, had breast cancer, right? You could potentially with CRISPR put a stop to it in your generation and going forward, which is just a crazy thought to think, you know, we're, we're developing so much, um, different therapies for cancer and how do we fight that? And, and we're, I love that we're approaching it from many different angles because we find out more and more and more about cancer based on just research and diving into it. But um, going in here, this is crazy that you, you're able to fix it, not at the cell level, but at the, at the gene level, like even further, you know, Um, I saw this article on the New Yorker, well, and I'll just read this paragraph. It says, With CRISPR, scientists can change, delete, and replace genes in any animal, including us. Working mostly with mice, researchers have already de- deployed the tool to correct the genetic errors responsible for, for sickle cell anemia, mm-hmm. muscular dystrophy, and the fundamental defect associated with cystic fibrosis. So those are pretty heavy, you know, pretty heavy um, diseases that, that, that we see nowadays. Um, and to continue here, one group... Had, has replaced a mutation that caused cataracts. Another has destroyed receptors that HIV uses to uh, infiltrate our immune system. So 
like we're seeing that there's so much possibilities out there like the cataracts that's 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 super interesting that's you know uh, a thing with your eyes right so i've read also that crispr can potentially even cure um colorblindness so <laughs> you give you give somebody a shot of of crispr they couldn't see specific colors before now they can that's it it's as simple as that and you know it's it it's crazy to think that huh. that we're we're really at at the point where we could do that um uh. a lot of the science that is happening is really between the the US and China and so China Very is true. taking a lot of steps ahead of us um in ahead of the US really in terms of getting trials out there getting clinical trials and and uh it's it's crazy that they're moving so far ahead and moving so quickly because I think part of it is just really the moral, um, the moral thing that's hindering us from, and the ethics, from hindering us from going really really deep into, all right, let's start let's start testing this on humans. And so they're they're, um, I've seen uh, reports where people have actually been. CRISPR has been used to treat people already in China with diseases. It hasn't been widespread. It hasn't been right. like, you know, we're giving everyone this shot now, but it's been used to actually treat people. And I think I remember reading some of that as well. But the, in a sense, the treat, I'm not sure it completely necessarily cut it all out, at least right now. It hasn't cut it all out that we know of, but what it does is it enables the body to um, reproduce, let's say the cancer fighting genes and target um, the cancer cells a whole lot easier. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So, and because there's a part of me that's like, boy, I can't imagine the pharmaceutical industry is really excited about this just because this, this changes our whole, your whole concept of how you deal with something. Colorblindness. I mean, there were there were glasses that came out that like were yeah. to, to help people kind right. of see colors, right? Yep. And, but that's treating the symptom, right? This is like coming in and saying, "Hey, issue, no." <laughs> it's like not tur- today. It's turning the light switch off. Yeah. Not putting changing the bulb or something like that. It is. Uh, it's just, I don't know. It brings up so many things inside of me because this is one of those situations where you have the ability to do so much good. And the other side of this, and I think we need to address this and let's address it is, um, one of the things that's come out is like, this is a, this is the blueprint for creating the, the super soldier. Yeah. Or I've heard transhumans. Transhumans. Yeah. I, well, because even right now we're talking, we're talking about editing human DNA as we know it now. Yeah. Change that to, is there some sort of variation here that we don't even quite understand at this point? I'm sure. I'm quite yeah. honestly sure. So, yes. Anyways. It, this is something that is 
it's meant for you to chew on a little bit in some capacity. I recently was with some friends over the last weekend, and I knew I had this episode, so I started <laughs> talking. Started talking to I started talking about this, and they were just like blowing up, like, <laughs> "What are you?" Ta- like, um, they didn't like it. They didn't like the they didn't the like idea it. of CRISPR. Um, partly because this is probably going to have to tie into a new episode, but this also changes the concept of reproduction yeah oh. and the future of um children and uh as as crispr sounds like it can allow it can allow the concept to design our babies yeah one oh, of the yeah. reasons jennifer dudna and i i don't know as much about the zang yeah zhang zhang guy um uh want, trying to get a patent on this is because to a certain extent they're trying to i could be wrong but this opens up the ability for the private sector to like find ways to make money off of it, which don't get me wrong. I'm not, I'm not against the private sector, but imagine somebody in with the, with the, with the cheapness of everything we just talked about going out there and be able to create like, Hey, would you like your baby to look like X? Yeah. <laughs> uh, it's like picking out, um, it's like picking out, uh, your, your appliances, you know, when you're building a house, well, do you want the, do you want the stainless steel or do you want this? And then do you want the, you know, like, do you want, what kind of flooring do you want? I can totally see that where, you know, where you're sitting with a specialist and, and they say, okay, we're going to take your, you know, your fertilized egg. Mm -hmm. And what do you want the eye color to be? What do you want the hair color to be? You know, what do you want? um, Other, like other traits, like, do you want, you know, a, I don't know. Well, in one sense, you'd be like, oh, well, this is like, we can find a way to take the best of the two of us. So, like, literally the best traits of my wife yeah. and I, we could create. Yeah. But it goes even deeper than that. because it's, It does. It's not just taking the best of you. You can say, add in this thing that we've never had before. Every right. Energy and pool. Right. The other thing that I, you know, that I was thinking about while, while doing some of this research, and it's really it really comes down to ethics and I can, you can play it from two, two sides. So number one, let's say, let's, let's imagine this. Okay. We have a, 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 you know, really cheap way to eradicate a disease. Is it then not ethical of you to say no to that? Right. Let's say we can get rid of AIDS or TB or cancer. When does the ethics step into that? Well, at what point do you say, oh, like, this is, age is is something we should get rid of. Yeah. Well, let's say you keep getting rid of this stuff. At what point do you say, oh, this obesity gene. Right, right. This slower metabolism gene. Right. We need need to eradicate this. By nature, you're 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 talking about like you're creating this uh, utopian of a body, theoretically. Yeah, that's um, what I said. It's 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 a trans. I mean, at a at a certain point, if we keep going down this, I think it's a slippery slope. <laughs> if we keep going down this, like, at what point are we? Do we stop becoming like true humans? Well, <laughs> you know? what's 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 crazy to me is. And this is where, like, it does, like, kind of challenge you a little bit. 
it's where you almost have to look yourself in the mirror and be like, if this keeps going the way that it goes, you and I yeah. are the mistakes. Yeah, yeah. Like we have... Everybody we have, that's born now is the mistake. We'll have a lot of the mistakes. And yeah, do we do we get shunned then? Do we get... Uh, you know how do we how, how are we then perceived by the people that have had this CRISPR fixed? You know all of our all of our issues. Or going back to my original story, does that just make us more resilient in the end? Yeah. Like I I I don't know. I don't. I don't know. Either either way, let's say even with the issues that <laughs> all of us have right now. This still is the breakthrough, yeah, to help prolong life and help fix those issues. Even and one one kind of side note here is 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 CRISPR is not foolproof at this point. No, like we're still working on some of the kinks. I've exactly. seen um, where we're seeing really some of the Cas9 is going in there and picking the wrong set of genes to cut out, and that actually caused cancer at certain points. And these genes that they've tested. So um, we still got a long way to go before it becomes like this super laser precision machine, I guess. What, where you can go and, and say, find all the you know, cancer genes and cut them all out. But it doesn't mean we're not getting there. I think we're getting there faster and faster every day. And so, um, yeah, that's that's where I think we're we're going to see a lot of um changes in medicine and changes in even ethics like i was telling you before you know outside of the episode i was telling you well having a heart transplant you know 100 years ago was considered like crazy like that was yeah. um you know people people telling them hey we're going to have a point in the future where you're going to take a dead person's heart and put it in your heart and replace your heart with it, they would have said you're nuts. And now it's a miracle of science that you could do that. And so I think what's happened is the the ethics of that has evolved, right? From this is definitely bad, this is definitely wrong, into, you know, <clears throat> excuse me, um, into now it's like, well, how how why would you not do that? You know, right. if you have the possibility to replace your heart and keep living, why would you not do that? And so are we going to see that kind of an ethics shift with CRISPR? Yeah, cool. If you have the possibility to get rid of, um, you know, a weakness, a perceived weakness, I guess, in the human nature, are we going to be judged for not doing that? One way or the other. Yeah. For doing it or for not doing it. Yeah. Yes. So many questions. And the other side of this is, like I said, this has actually been out for a little while, for sure. This is kind of growing in popularity right now. But the nature of this is also one of those things where, like with morality and ethics of it all, there's just not regulation on this right now. Yeah. Well, I mean, they're fighting for a patent right now. So... Um, even with that still up in limbo, it's, it's just, I don't know. It's open for people to go around and maybe try stuff. Yeah. 
I think we're it's gonna it's gonna heat up definitely. So um, we're gonna see a lot more things come out of CRISPR and what it can do. You've, so. heard, you've heard it here first, people. At least some of you. <laughs> Probably not first, but Probably not first. But so, what's your future breakdown on CRISPR, Peter? Well, I am definitely excited about the health treatment side of things. Okay. Um, when we're talking, it's funny you say immunization. Go in and edit things. I think that's the crazy part about this is the way that we've done immunizations in the past. This is like instead of a shot of I think you know the disease that makes the yeah. body fight it, it's more like the shot that that tracks cuts the DNA, it out. Cuts it out. Yeah, that's that's insane. Um, uh, one other thing that we didn't maybe highlight as much on on this is just uh, talking about the agriculture side of things. We talked about the TB resistant cows. Mm-hmm. That is big. Think about the the food supply of the world. Uh, one of the things I thought to myself is you could literally maybe create a tree or a a plant or a grain of uh, food grain that could imagine something that could could survive and grow in the desert. Yeah, that could withstand all kinds of withstand all things that yeah barrages. Mm-hmm. Uh, that to me is is exciting. I've heard some other sides of that, but as of right now, I'm going to say that's actually really exciting to think about. Uh, that changes the f- concept of food storage pretty dramatically. Yeah. Uh, genetically defined babies. This is where you can go either way on this. There's a part of me that is actually a little bit uh, excited about that. I, th- I think. I think there's a lot of a lot of questions around that, but the concept of being able to uh, to edit something that could be a potential hindrance from an early age uh, is is kind of exciting isn't it a little bit i, I don't i don't know it is i think it is yeah. I, I i mean of course the question is is what is that issue that's yeah. that's one of my concerns what what do you consider an issue uh, and maybe that's just the 2000 17 version of what we know about ourselves and things like that that's talking right now but but yeah and then also uh well i talked about it yeah life in remote parts of the world there's even some concept i think people have talked about with crispr that might allow us to be able to live on different planets easier Hmm. Um, yeah where we can change our structure to i don't know take in nitrogen better or something like that yeah right Yeah, yeah exactly so concerns uh, influence of humanity. This goes different ways. Doomsday scenarios. Uh, potentially, there's thought of like, what if North Korea created a bunch of super soldiers? Uh, <laughs> yeah. Another podcast that we are like uh, a Dan Carlin talking about uh, thermal nuclear. Yeah. I feel like that thing kind of changes the whole game still of like a super soldier. I don't know that for sure, but let's. I'll just go there. Um, the other side of this, though, is one of the things that does concern me, I think, that uh, this need to be talked about, is the ratcheting up of a bio-disease. A bio-disease. I- imagine instead of, like, we're editing ourselves, um, uh, we are now in a spot where we, or somebody, can edit a, a like, a uh, harmful disease. Mm-hmm. Yeah, make it even more potent. Make or something. it even more potent. Yeah, or exploit the weaknesses. Yeah, that are out there. So or as a as a form of terrorism, bioterrorism, where you can then 
Yeah, you know, that's yeah. In fact, like whole cities with with something crazy that's gonna you know kill everybody in there. That's yeah, that's another. So, and that's concerning because if a kit costs one hundred and fifty bucks right now, yeah, it, it ramps things up quickly. So, Serge, what are you thinking? Well, I am, I would say, probably very cautiously optimistic on this. Um, I think that um, as we go further and further into exploring the the benefits and the possibilities that CRISPR can really do, we're going to come to, let's just say, at a fork in the road. And this fork in the road is... And the, the path that we take is going to determine our future complete future as a as a human society and so if we take one way where okay everybody gets everything fixed you know we 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 basically eradicate all known diseases on this earth um we i don't know i i keep i keep sinking into this sliding like What's well, even this direction where you're sliding into this thing that you just you don't yeah. know? Well, it's even hard as a positive person to look at this and say, "Oh boy, you you could go a direction here rather quickly." That you, yeah, that doesn't seem good. And again, um, I think one of your points was um, classes of people. So, do we start seeing two classes of people? Do we see like the like like us, where we were born, you know, the the normal way genetically as we are, and then do you see a class of people that are perfect and completely you know like kind of like a stepford <laughs> stepford situation where you see these these people that are just absolute you know perfect specimen of humans right and that takes away the human element right because as a human that the the definition of human really is you know you have your faults your flaws you have your good things as well right um yeah. and so do we do we then become some kind of a mix in between a human and then something else? I don't know. That's that's my big concern. The optimism part, um, to end on a, a high note, I think it's going to be great to wipe out some of these really, just really terrible things like MS, you know? Um, yeah, or, or even treat people that have it. Yeah. And so that's going to be a huge win, I think. Um, but again, once we get to that fork in the road, once we get to that crossroads, we will have to be wise in terms of what direction we go as a human society, because if we go down the wrong path, I mean, that changes everything and we can't go back. Like, you know what I mean? We won't be able to say, let's say a hundred years down the road, we went the wrong path. We're not going to start introducing you know, diseases back into like stabilize our, the humanity of, of people. We're not going to do that. So no, I, I don't know. It's just, <laughs> I, I think it's cool. I, I'm, I'm really excited for, for a lot of the great um, breakthroughs that we're going to start seeing. Um, simple things getting cured, colorblindness, um, you know, all kinds of, all kinds of different things. And so I'm looking forward to that, but always cautious about the other part too. So, Agreed. Yeah. Well, everyone, thank you for listening to this episode. Yeah. 
by nature of this episode and everything that we're talking about, this is one of those episodes, as you can even tell, we're still even thinking about this as we're talking to you. Yeah, we are. And <laughs> for those of you that wanted to just have a normal day, we apologize. <laughs> <laughs> sorry for ruining your day. Sorry, sorry for making you contemplate things. Uh, but this is this is reality. Uh, this isn't something that I talked about at the beginning of imagine that this is possible. This is becoming yeah. a reality. And even in the sense of tests and things like that, I'm still figuring out it's not it's not foolproof yet for sure. But obviously that will even start decreasing even more so as far as uh, issues and risks. Yep. So anyways, stuff to be thinking about. It is for sure. And we'd love to hear your feedback though. Nonetheless, if you want to go out to iTunes and subscribe to the podcast or your your podcasting platform of choice, to be honest. Yeah. I recognize there are a lot of you on Android, so you listening to Stitcher. Um, those of you like myself like the um, Overcast app on iOS. Uh, anyways, we would love for you to subscribe to the show and get notified every time we have a new episode that comes up. Yep. Yeah. And so also check us out on futurebreak.net. That's our website. You can kind of see all the episodes that we've done in the past. Um, and also it's got a link to all of our social media. Um, we're on Twitter at futurebreakpod, P-O-D. So definitely give us a shout out. And uh, we'd love to hear questions from you. Um, if you guys want us to do a story on something that, that really is interesting on your end, um, we'd love to hear that too. So Absolutely. Yeah. And one other thing that we have not highlighted as much in the past, I want to make sure we highlight for the end of this episode, is we would love for you to join our mailing list on futurebreak.net. Yeah. Yeah. And we are still in the process of, of understanding, to be truthful, what that list is going to contain, what is going to be sent out to that list. Um, there'll be different versions of that down the road, I'm sure. But, <laughs> but we are really... I'm just going to say this. I'm, I'm thinking you're going to want to be on that list yeah. for sure. We're going we're gonna to definitely enhance and, and bring some really good perspectives into, into your days. Right. Exactly. All right, everybody. Thanks again for listening to this episode. Thank you all for listening for the first time. If it was your first episode, hope you stick around. Either way, we hope we will talk to you later. Yep. As have a magic. back and listen to us. We'll be talking to you later next week. So have a magical day, everyone. Take care. Thank you.